Greetings, adventurers. RJ here. A few quick things before we get into this week's episode. First off, I'd like to remind you that these first four episodes are a prelude to our first main campaign, of which the first quote-unquote main episode will be released next. This prelude has been a way of teaching ourselves how to play a D&D, using a pre-made dungeon and different characters, while also gearing up for the main campaign. As mentioned before, the link to the dungeon can be found in the episode descriptions for each of the prelude episodes. Uh, I'd like to reiterate that starting next week, we'll begin in the main campaign, which will be an original story crafted by Harrison that uses new characters that we've been working on, and we're really excited to share it with you. Uh, We'd appreciate it if you subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review if you listen through iTunes. You can find us on social media on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, and Instagram. And if you make a post on social media about the show, don't forget to include the hashtag RealmsNerds, all one word, RealmsNerds. If you enjoy the podcast, share it with people you think would also enjoy the show. It's one of the best ways to help us grow our listener base. Uh, Once again, thank you to our friend Kyle for composing our main theme. We super appreciate it. And thank you, listener, for listening to our podcast. We super appreciate you. Uh, Now we invite you to join us as we enter the final challenges in the realm of the burial mound of Gileard Wolf Clan. Previously on Realms and Nerds, The Return of Ornon. Way back when, Gileard Wolf Clan filled this town with evil spirits. His entire clan killed Gilead, sealing them in a mound outside of town. There have been noises coming from inside of the mound. We were told that there is a great evil in this land. Oh, assuredly there is a great evil in this land. It is below us. The distance you're at, you can get a book in your bag. You notice a small book, and as you open it up and read it, there's all these things about the darkness below and about a passageway that goes down into this area. ourselves again in this passageway that's been leading down. You just finished killing off these giant centipedes. Uh, do you guys want to do any sort of actions or anything before we proceed? Joshimi is actually going to... He's going to decide to see if he can garner any more information from that book that um, Skazix had. So he goes to pull that out, but he happens to accidentally grab the other book that he stuffed in his bag and hadn't looked at yet. What the fuck? Oh, yeah. So he's going to open this up and find out what's inside this book. Okay. This book is, as he looks at the uh, cover, the cover says that this book is called The Ballad of Ornon. As you open this book up, the first thing you notice is you can't read it. And this book is in a language that you have no idea uh, how to read. Uh, what language, by the way, is do I know maybe what language that is? No, it's it almost looks like hieroglyphic okay. in its composition. So, so this okay. is definitely yep. an yeah. ancient text for sure. 
Okay, um, can I do a history check to see if maybe I can, like, maybe remember if I've ever seen this, like, where these hieroglyphic symbols might have come from? Yeah, sure. Alright. Seventeen. It looks familiar to you. But not too familiar. But <laughs> don't even start with me. <laughs> but not too not familiar. It's more than less than unhelpful. I'm All right. gonna quit. Alright, continue. No, so you can tell that you have seen this, at least fragments of it you feel look somewhat familiar, but you have no idea of sort of placement or where you would have seen them before or anything like that. Okay, he's just gonna stuff it back in his bag for now. Not bring it up then. And then he's actually going to, while he does it, he grabs up the other book and looks into it to see if he can garner any useful, pertinent information for them in this hallway. Do I need to roll anything for that? Um, no, I mean, that's... This uh, is a writing in a book. It's kind of, Yeah, that's kind of just uh, his journal, basically. Or yeah. Not, not journal, but one of the books he's been using in his research. Okay. So it's you, definitely readable to you. Hmm. Um, so there's not a real lot of in this particular book, not a real lot of pertinent information. There's references to what's down below, just kind of referencing it as an evil or kind of a a presence or a power. But you can tell from some of the markings that there was clearly other books that he was referencing back to. So it's sort of like he wrote himself footnotes. Like, you know, he wrote this little part and you can tell that that was referencing to a different research book. So there's not really anything particularly helpful in this book. Oh, well. Okay, so... Hmm. Uh, outside of what you obviously learned before about his general plans to use the power contained within the mound. Obviously, we talked about that last time. But yeah. other than that, there's nothing new that can okay. be added. So he stuffs that back in his bag, and he goes, All right, guys, I basically got nothing. Well, then, let's continue. <laughs> uh, all right. So, as you go along the passageway, when you get to the bottom of where it's been sloping down, it kind of levels out, and there are two stone archways. There's one that branches off to your right, but the one right in front of you has almost an internal light coming out of it, and there's a large statue of a wolf. The passageway off to the right is dark, and you cannot see anything that way. She might be able to. Ooh, yeah, could I look down? Could I uh, do a... Just perception. A perception check? Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Is there anything you could see down the dark passageway? Nat 20. Nat 20. Right <laughs> <laughs> um, Unfortunately, uh, you've wasted a very good roll and a very uneventful thing. All you can tell is that this passageway goes on some distance past what you can see. It's a fairly long passageway, but there are there are no traps or um, hidden levers or anything like that that you can see that are sticking out. It's just a bit an uneventful passageway. My elvish eyes see nothing down this passageway. Well, which way do you guys want to go? Do you want to go down the dark, or do you want to head towards that light where we at least... Uh, well, there's this wolf statue that I kind of want to check out. I vote for a nap. <laughs> so I do want to point out, the whole room that the statue is in is probably only about ten feet square. And the wolf statue takes up most of the far end of the room. So it's not like a massive statue, but I mean, we're talking probably, you know, five or six feet long. It's not like you have to advance far to get there. It's pretty close to where you are. Can I do like an investigation check on the statue then? Uh, sure. Yeah, go ahead. 
I got a six. So all you can really tell from where you guys currently are, uh, without getting any closer, is that the light source uh, from the room does not appear to be coming from any kind of torches or lanterns. The room is almost uh, ethereally lit. I'm going to do perception check. 19. You can see everything that Doran could see before. The one other thing that you can see that he couldn't really pick out was that this wolf statue actually has, in certain areas on it, written parts of what looks like runes or different like spells that have kind of been etched into the uh, stonework of this wolf statue. Do they happen to be the same kind of runes as what were in the book? There's actually one or two that do, Okay. but several other ones are... Is it the same kind of, like, hieroglyphics, though? Maybe just not the same characters? Right, right, that's what, okay. that's what I'm saying. All right, Some of case... them are the same characters, other ones of them are spells that the magic users here recognize, <laughs> or some of them even you recognize just from your basic travels. Okay. Uh, I think we should just go and check out this room. There doesn't seem to be anything wrong with this room. And also, there's some uh, hieroglyphics over on that statue we could check out. All right. So you're all approaching? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. As you approach, since you pointed those out, Lelalia is actually surprised that you recognized these hieroglyphics that are etched into the statue. Hmm. I know these things. Well, from my studies and my travels... They appear to be elvish. They are elvish. They are, in fact, from what Lelalia knows to be elves of the First Dark Order. Uh, These were an ancient race of elves that have now been exterminated, but uh, for years they were on a conquest to take over the entire world. Basically, uh, while most elves are kind of of a more benevolent nature, they decided that basically all of the other races are puny and uh, unneeded and were essentially on a giant genocide to rid the world of every other species and kind of rule by themselves. So a lot of uh, really powerful warriors, a lot of really powerful spellcasters, uh, very, very powerful in their abilities. How they were stopped is actually unclear in the sort of lore of this world. That part of the story is lost. We know that they're gone now and that they used to exist, but who exactly came to face them is unclear. Can I the, read a couple? See what the, they say? The answer is... I guess here's the best way to explain it. You can read them more or less like a kindergartner reading a college-level textbook. Because this is such a, an ancient language and a lot of it is lost... You can you, read the monosyllabic words. <laughs> <laughs> you understand very rudimentary parts of this language, but, you know, obviously all of the really complex stuff is going to be lost to you, again, just because this is such an ancient language. What does this drow elf that we fought seems to have been mixing himself with the First Order of the Dark Elves? Is the statue the only thing in this room? Yes, the statue is the only thing in this room. Again, like I said, there are not even any torches or lanterns. The room is just kind of ethereally lit. Can I try shoving it to the side or something? Sure. So, yeah, with your wimpy strength. You actually, you, actually, you actually don't need to roll for this. Because right. as soon as Doran goes over and lays his hands on the statue... It launches it across the room. <laughs> Why wouldn't I be surprised? Well, the story wasn't going anywhere. Uh, One of us needed to make it go somewhere. <laughs> it's a trap. We all die. 
So as soon as Doran lays his hands on the statue, a voice emanates from seemingly the entire room, and it simply says, Are you worthy? Yes. I don't know, am I? You must prove that you are worthy. Immediately, you feel like a psychic presence attempt to enter your mind. And so I need you to do a wisdom saving throw. Okay. Uh, 14. Just as soon as this presence starts to enter, you, like, try to use your monkish abilities in sort of meditation to push this presence out, but you are unsuccessful, and it penetrates into your mind, and you hear the voice almost feels like, even though her tone has not changed, it almost feels like she is screaming in your ear, You are not worthy! And then the presence just immediately comes right back out of your mind, and you're left almost reeling backwards by just this strong feeling you've had in your head. Just as that happens, the statue, in a flash, transforms. Hell yeah, robots in disguise. Let's do this. Let's do this. although it is now slightly smaller, it is now a living, breathing direwolf. And I need you all to roll initiative. Come at me, bitch. I rolled a two. You're Five. next. I got a seven. Dracaris goes first. I got a nine. With oh the direwolf. Oh, does Dracaris go first? I still first. gotta roll for the wolf. And the wolf rolled a ten. <laughs> <laughs> Read all about it. Dracaris does not go first. This is the same thing that happened during our last big fight. The direwolf is actually going to crouch down, and with a snarl, it's going to jump towards Dracaris. 10 for Stacy. That does not hit. He jumps at you and basically hits you with your with his front paws, and you get knocked back about a foot or two towards the doorway of the room, but you are unharmed. So now, Dracaris, you are actually up next. I'm going to pull out both of my hand axes, and I'm going to swing both of my hand axes. 10. A 10 is not going to do it. <laughs> the four won't either. Four's not going to do it either, no. So, yeah, you, you whiff on this wolf real bad. Next up is Doran. All right, I'm going to take my short sword and attack it with that and an unarmed strike. Okay. Okay, I got a 19. That is going to hit. Eight damage for my short sword, piercing. Okay. And now I'm going to do my unarmed strike. 23 against AC. That's also going to hit. Two. From so, my arm. Two? Okay. So next up in the order is Joshmi. I'll pull up both of my daggers and use those. Okay. 20. That'll hit. Seven piercing damage. Okay. And then second attack. 17. Uh, yeah, that's going to hit two. Four. Four? Okay. Stack that damage. <laughs> now we're on to Lilia. Alright. I'm going to pull out the mace. So 17. Yeah, that'll hit. Six bludgeoning. All right. So this uh, this wolf is going to turn now and is going to go after Lilalia. 19. That will hit. The dire wolf hits you for eight points of damage. So I am <laughs> dead. <laughs> All right, so Lilalia is down on the ground. Heal her down. This wolf has jumped on her and got a nice bite right into the side of her, like, neck and shoulder and just dropped her. So now this wolf is standing over Lilalia and Dracaris, you are up. 
I'm going to swing both of my hand axes again. Okay. That's 11. That's not going to do it. <laughs> oh, Rip 20. Double damage. That will do it. Which is actually comes out as a 26, but... So, altogether, that's 16 slashing damage. Jacaris sees Lelelia go down with this wolf clamped onto her neck, and because he's right over there by the stone archway, actually takes like a running step and plants his foot onto the side of the wall and jumps and flies through the air and plants both axes into the wolf's head as he lands. Shit. <laughs> I could have done one. that too. That's the one. And so this wolf is dead, yes. Sweet. So real quick, how much experience did yeah. we get from that dire wolf? Well, how about you start with taking care of your person that's bleeding. All right, so fine. somebody's got to try I'll, to stay I will first. I'm going to do a medicine to... check. Okay. Good luck, self, because I don't have any So do bonuses. I roll against this? He has to be no, a DC 10. No, do a wisdom 10. check to stabilize her. You have to be a DC 10. Do you have to roll higher Okay, that's 10. what I thought. I thought it was just an up and down. Nope. Here, I'll do it. Nope, not going to happen. Try. <laughs> how about a 23? I just yes. stabilized you. So Josh and me... Tries for about a half second, decides he doesn't really care about his co-workers. And Josh, so, stop tr- hey, you're stop not tr- supposed to go straight from mouth to mouth. <laughs> <laughs> hey, wait, what can I say? She's hot. <laughs> so Doran comes over and brings you back to life. You are now away, you stupid dwarf. So you're now at one hit point. And you all gained 50 XP. That brings us up to 319. Nice! Oh, wait, no, that doesn't work. I'm sorry. Alright, so when we level up... You gain additional hit die. Okay, roll that hit die, add your constitution modifier to the roll, and add the total to your hit point maximum. Okay, I'm ready to go. I am also ready. Alright, let's continue, assuming we're all ready to go. Yeah, I think so. So now we're just in this empty room with ethereal lighting. Can I search the wolf? I'm gonna try skinning it. As you killed the wolf, the lighting actually went out. The ethereal lighting disappeared. All you motherfuckers lost your sight. I got it on my head! I'm good. I just pulled my gland out of my bag, and I look at uh, Jacaris, I say, you still look like a dork. Can I do, like, an investigation check on where the wolf was standing? Sure. Probably not going to amount to anything, but... That's a 17. Yeah, it's just a floor. I think this room might have been a trap. Let's just go down the dark hallway. (laughs) I agree. All these guys (laughs) want to do investigation checks and look at everything, you're like, I think this room was a trap, let's go. <laughs> I mean, there's no more ethereal lighting. The room is empty. Yes, I just, I, I'm glad that you have finally come to the conclusion. That I would like to do the short rest. Dracarys gonna curl up next to the dead dire wolf. I thought you skinned it. After he skinned it, he's using the bloody hide as a blanket. <laughs> he literally does not give a single fuck. That's right. It's warmer on the inside. That's a thing. Remember, so, Dracarys is savage as fuck. All right, literally so, savage. Short rest. Okay, so yeah. Roll yeah, your... Guys, curl, take a quick siesta. You all have taken a short rest, bandaged up your wounds, took a nap, whatever, you know. Uh, so now you're going to continue down this dark hallway. So as you go, it goes for several hundred feet, uh, and then there's a pretty abrupt turn to the left. As you round this corner, uh, about 20 feet in front, there is a large stone, not quite a door, but almost like a rounded stone that you can tell is covering something, and there are two uh, skeletons laid out in front of it. Living or just skeletons? Like living skeletons? Well, they're laying on the ground and not moving. Can I search them? Like, do they have anything on them, or are they just 
skeletons. Yeah, you can go over. You can go over right, and search them. Search them. Okay. They don't really have a whole lot of anything on them. Just you know, they're. I mean, they're. They're. I guess I will tell you this: they are definitely dead. They are not moving skeletons. Just wearing basic clothes. They don't even really appear to have weaponry on them. They're just kind of laid out, but not um not laid out in a neat way. Like they fell over and kind of died there and have just been laying there for a long time. Can I do a perception check on the area just in front of this door? Okay, go ahead. Nine. Well, with a nine, you can tell that this large stone that's at the end of this hallway, there's sort of a groove in the ground, like the stone can be moved to one side, and one of the uh, skeletons that's laid out on the ground has their hands outstretched like they were reaching for the door when they died. Dracaris, there's a door. Dracaris, go! You are a strong guy. Is the door locked. <laughs> Did you care? It's just a really a door. <laughs> it's a big... He said it's a big <laughs> <stone>. <laughs> um, Pardon me, good skeleton, sir. Do you have a key to this door? I mean, didn't you say it was just basically like a stone slab that kind yeah. of like... Yes and no. This is not a stone that was completely moved by sheer force. There appears to be some kind of like a, the door like a mechanism case. that you could use to push the door to the side, but it would still require quite a bit of force. Dracaris, go! <laughs> Dracaris approaches the door and whispers, No love. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> uh, like the door sits where it is and everybody looks at you like you're crazy. Alright, I'm going to do an athletics check to see if I can kick the door open. Okay. That is an eight. As you... You're kicking, like, the side of this, right? Like, trying to get it to roll to the side like it. No, he's kicking Kick. right near the middle of the door. Right he doesn't know where the hinges are, so okay. he just winds back and... Yeah, it does nothing. All right. Joshua's going to do an athletics check as well. Try and kick him from the side. Okay. Thirteen. As you come over to the side here and kick the door, it cracks just ever so slightly, and a puff of smoke escapes from the crack. Woo! And I'm going to need you to roll a constitution saving throw. 16. The cloud that came out was a cloud of poison, and you take uh, three points of damage. <laughs> Thanks! Dragon Boy, I opened it and you didn't. <laughs> Thank you for tripping that trap for us there, Alright, Joshimi now poisoned himself. However... As you now examine the door again, you can see that he did indeed trip the trap, and uh, you can roll this stone aside fairly easily. Well, I mean, I did the heavy lifting, so let's move the door now. I roll to the side. All right. As you uh, roll this aside, there is another passageway that goes along here. This one is also dark. But, as you can see from the light of your uh, lands that you have, there are some torches that are set in the sides of the passageway, but they are unlit. As you advance down this hallway, these torches are spaced about every ten feet, and as you pass them, they flare up and start crackling with flame. These are some technologically advanced gophers. Backing up, can I add the wolf skin to my inventory? I mean, you did skin the wolf and you took it with you, so right. sure. Adding to his uh, I'd like to do an arcana check to figure okay. out why these torches are lighting. Or whatever. 21. Why is the person that's not a magic user always doing the arcane I'm not a magic user. I'm not a magic user. He's the only magic user. Yeah, Brandon's been sitting here looking at a textbook. He's reading something. I don't know. I don't know what you're doing. (laughs) Cantrips right now, actually. With a 19, this whole hallway is magic. 
up the ass. It's <laughs> everywhere. It's 21. There's even more magic that you can tap. <laughs> magic is in the air. Pretty sure it's just for obvious. Magic is all around you. It's everywhere. Magic gophers. So you can continue down this passageway. Can we remove them from the wall? Or are they fixed? Uh, Why do we need to? We've got our glands. Yeah, we have our glands. But it, I was just wondering if they cast more light than the glands do. Not really. They're about the same. And to answer your other question, they look like they could be removed from the wall, but the fixture is such that they're kind of bolted into the stonework of the wall. Okay. So they could be removed with some effort, if you so desire. Remember, Dracarys is not the brightest of bulbs, <laughs> so he would walk over to the wall and uh, struggle to try to remove one. Okay. I'm going to roll an athletics check. And that is a 12. Yeah, it's not really going to come off the wall. <laughs> Dracarys, what are you doing over there? Bleeding. <laughs> so anyways, you advance down this passageway for a couple hundred feet, and at the end, it expands into a large circular chamber. In the middle of which stands O'Tooley. <laughs> uh, he's still convinced O'Tooley is the villain of this story. <laughs> no, RJ, I'm setting up O'Tooley to be like a fan favorite. One of those like... Sort of, oh, hey, it's good old old Tooley. We love this guy. <laughs> and for the Rick and Morty watchers, that would be uh, Mr. Poopy Butthole, I think his name is. I'm Mr. Poopy Butthole. <laughs> <laughs> Remember the good times we had? And then, and then that way it'll be even more tragic when I kill O'Tooley in the third act. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Spoilers. I don't know what's going to happen to O'Tooley. Yes, I'm aware of the DM. He's I, an enigma. I still don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. So, like, right as you sort of cross the threshold into this circular chamber, torches all along the outside of it, the same as they've been doing before, all light, like, in a really cool sort of going all the way around, they light. And then, you can see the entire scene laid out. There is a large slab of the blackest rock you have ever seen, about 10 feet square, that sits right in the center of this room. Sort of scattered all around the room are human men in various stages of decay that look like they have been torn apart. They, we're talking about, like, you know, some of them are missing arms, some of them have holes through the middle of them. There's one guy that's right near the entrance that looks like he took a battle axe straight through the top of his head and it cleaved from the top of his head down to about his waist. The, these guys are just ripped apart. There is just this smell, like these bodies have been rotting for years and years, and yet they almost look like they were killed within an hour of you getting there. What you also notice is a phalanx of six skeletons standing in front of this black slab that lays in the center of the room, and they have shields that are all, like a phalanx, are all pushed together, uh, and they stand at attention, and behind them, standing on the slab... is the ghoul of Gilead Wolf Clan. And so with that, uh, I think you guys are probably going to need to roll some initiative. Yeah. Oh my god. How far away are we from them? How far away are you? Yeah. yeah. Um, What's the diameter of this circular Yeah, I was kind of wondering that. The room is actually pretty big. It's about 60 feet. And they're in the center, so they're about 30 feet away from you. 
So, Lila, what's your, what was your roll? 15. Josh and me? 4. Uh, Doran? 18. Or Karis? 20. So, you've entered the room, you see this entire scene laid out. They're arranged in the center of the circular room, about 30 feet away. And, uh, Dracaris, you are up first in the order. Dracaris is going to charge forward, crossing almost all of the distance. He's actually going to dash towards the side of them and aim straight down the line. And he is going to breathe his breath weapon. They have to make the saving throw higher than 13. Alright, so basically the two in the middle take half damage. Alright, roll two, d6. The two front ones take three, middle ones take one each, and then those two end ones also take three. Okay, next up is the skeleton that is right next to Dracaris, so he is going to take a swing with his short sword. Sixteen. That's gonna hit. That's gonna hit. Alright. Six points of damage. Ouch. He swings at you with a short sword, and you get just a nasty cut down your shoulder. Next up is Doran. About how far is he from the edge of the stone, would you say? Like, from us, I guess I should say. How far is the ghoul? I mean, they were, like, really close. Like, basically, he the stone is right in the center, so he's probably 30, 35 feet away, somewhere around there, and then the skeletons were, like, right in front of the stone. All right, I have 40 movement now, okay. so I'm going to run around these guys and climb up the stone. I'm going for the ghoul. Okay. I was going to say that I just reached the goal. Can I just climb up, or do I have to try and jump up there? Just do, like, a basic athletics check. It's probably about three or four feet tall. Fifteen. You can jump up there easily enough. So now you are right up there. Am I close enough to strike the goal? Yeah, you're probably close enough that you could make a strike. But I think um, because of the distance you had to run, Mm -hmm. I think you only kind of have time to swing with your sword. I don't think you're close enough to do an unarmed strike either. All right, those are bonus actions whenever I make an attack. I'm giving you, like, a couple extra feet because I think you can kind of reach out. You're close enough you can kind of reach out and swing with your sword, but you're not close enough that you can lunge with a fist as a follow-up. All right, now I'm going to do my short sword. That's seven. That is not going to hit. As you clamber up and you're kind of like, you sort of jump up onto the rock and take a swipe at him and you can't quite connect with it. Alright, so next up is the second skeleton. And so he is actually going to move behind the skeletons farther down the line. He's going to move back a little bit and pull a short bow off of his back and take a shot at Lalelia. That is a critical failure. He shoots real bad. <laughs> does not know how to shoot. does not connect at all. Uh, another one of the skeletons is up next, and he's actually going to move right back to where the other guy pulled behind the other ones, and is going to try and take a shot at Doran, who just jumped up on the uh, slab, uh, again with a, with a bow. Nine. No dice. So, again, he shoots, and he's not quite able to connect with you. So, next up is Lilia. Well, Lilia saw that one skeleton was intending to shoot her. She didn't want to be happy with that, so she's going to pull out her uh, light crossbow and uh, take a shot at that skeleton. Um, are they using... Critical fail. At, oh, never mind. It's a critical fail. What am I doing anyway? Well, Lilia <laughs> takes a shot, and uh, actually, Doran, can you give me a quick athletics check? I got a 14. You see the arrow coming in your general direction, and since you were already kind of sort of crouched from climbing up on the uh, slab, you kind of just stay down there and the arrow goes over the top of you. Next up is uh, one of the skeletons, and he's actually going to split off and also go to attack against Dracaris. He's going to run at him with a sword. 
So Ooh, that's a nineteen. Yeah, it's gonna Oof. hit. That's gonna hit him. Yeah, if anyone cares about the dragon, that's I gonna be another six points of damage. Next up in the order is the two remaining skeletons, and so they are going to actually not take a, an attack. What they're going to do is they're going to step back and sort of push the other two that have their bows out with them. So what they're doing is making it where the stone slab is kind of to the backs of the archers, and they're reforming, so they're forming a shield wall in front of the two archers. Next up is Dashmi. Is there a wall I could possibly try to do an athletics <laughs> check to kind of do a run at and jump off of to get some air to kind of throw them over the guys with their shields at the archers? That's not really going to make a difference for you. Okay. The two archers that have already fired are, like, crouched reloading. Oh, okay. So you can't really see them okay. where you're at. So All even, right. like, just getting an extra foot or two by jumping off of a wall isn't going to do much good. I guess what I'm going to do then is I'm going to run kind of to the side. So I'm going to run kind of at a angle, angle myself running right, so I'm not running right at. These. So you're not going towards where Dracaris is, you're going to the other side. Yes, of the I'm going, room. but I'm going to be, how high up is this stone slab that Gilead uh, Like I said, on? it's probably about three or four feet. It's not It's not a tall one. I'm going to run 25 feet at an angle, and then I'm going to throw my daggers at Gilead. First one, 20. Okay, that's going to hit. Seven damage. Gilliard is currently kind of within five feet and been focused on Doran, correct? Within five feet of Doran? Yes. Yeah, he's within five feet of cool. Doran. Cool. So after I make the second th- or attempt at a throw, I'm also going to be using my uh, sneak attack. Also on Gilliard. Uh, first, actually, I'm going to roll for that other one, though. 22, that's going to Battle hit. hit. And that is for three piercing damage. So for sneak attack, I do a 1d6 attack. On so it weapon. automatically hits. Yeah. Five damage. Plus the javelin damage, right? No, it's just no. a straight up and no, down. No, it's just a straight oh, up and down. It gives up that extra damage, but it, he, it's an automatic hit. So now I do not have any of my ranged weapons, by the way, because they're all sticking Sweet, out I can pick up your javelin, but there's no point. Because all of them just embedded themselves into so the three so weapons. Here, so here's, here's the strange thing. They did hit him. However, as they hit him, they did not embed. They actually kind of tumble through him and fall to the ground. And where they went through his body, you see sort of a dark, inky sort of liquid is sort of oozing out. As it comes to the ground, it doesn't pool on the ground. It's almost ethereal. It sort of evaporates into smoke as it drips off of him. Okay, so, but going through his form slows their processes, so they aren't flying, like, continuing on and no, pass they, it. They, they just kind they of tumble down and, and land like, on the ground? Yeah, okay. so they're, but they're not, they're not embedded. So they're behind, him. between him and Doran on the slab. So next is Gilliard. He's gonna try and claw at Doran. And that's a three. Definitely no dice. Not gonna happen. Next up, we're at the top of the order. Dracarys. Dracarys is gonna trigger rage. Can I do a strength check to try to throw both of the skeletons in front of me to the ground? So you're you're just basically gonna try and wrap both of them up and tackle them, right? Okay. Kind of knock them off their feet and make them incapable of fighting. Yeah? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, that's gonna be a 22. 
With a 22, you kind of wrap these guys up and take them down to the ground with you. Um, so you are uh, you are now on the ground with two skeletons next to you. Mm-hmm. They are prone. Cuddle time. <laughs> Can I also do an attack, or is that going to absorb the whole turn? I think that just counts. Uh, I think I'll just count that as your action. You can make an attack on one of the skeletons that's on the ground with you. All right. Yeah, I pull out both of my hand axes since I didn't have them. Okay. And I attack the one that was initially in front of me. Okay. Uh, 14 against AC. Yeah, that is gonna hit. Uh, 10. Okay. Uh, 17. <laughs> yeah, that's bad it hits as well. That one's gonna be 5. You hit this skeleton and he just kind of collapses into a pile of bones. Uh, Doran, you are up. Alright, I'm gonna swing with my short sword at what's-his-face. Gilliard. Gilliard, thank you. And I'm gonna spend a key point to, um, perform flurry of blows. Instead of taking one extra unarmed strike, I take two extra unarmed strikes on okay. my short sword. So here's for my short sword. That's 19. Yeah, that's going to hit. Five piercing damage. Here's for my first unarmed strike. Uh, 22. Yeah, that'll hit. And that is five damage. And then for my second unarmed strike, that's seven. All right, that one does not hit. Uh, so what actually what happens here is you slash into Gilliard with your sword and then hit him with one punch and as you're coming around for the second punch you miss um, actually because he just kind of with a scream sort of just explodes and his presence just kind of almost scatters across the room. Uh, next up is actually going to be the skeleton that is laying now right behind Dracaris on the ground. So 16. Yeah, that's going to hit. That's going to hit. That's uh, going to hit for three points of damage. What's your HP at now? Five. Out of what, 15? 25. 25. So next up in the order is uh, one of the skeletons with his bow out, and he is actually going to try and take a shot at Josh. Uh, that's a crit 20. <laughs> 24, actually. Wait, why is he rolling a choice? Oh, when yeah, you crit 20. Yeah, when Ooh, you crit 20, boy, boy, you, you're in trouble. You only why? add the damage modifier. Uh, it's going to be 11 once. points of damage. I have 11 HP! So I'm fucking dead. I knew I should have used my hide feature. Wait. I had a bonus action of doing a hide. I rotation. It didn't. You are actually next. Alright, so I am going to pass your wounds. So I'm going to run over to Josh and me. You're gonna get healed for 9 HP. You're welcome. <laughs> he like jumps like that. I knew you wanted me back. <laughs> Alright, so the lady uh, runs over and heals Josh me. So he is now back in the fight. It's alright! Yeah, I'm gonna leave that up to other people to decide to heal me. Yeah. Even so... though I am 20 HP away from my max. <laughs> yeah, but you're not dead. He's close. I'm not he dead. died. He has five HP left, dude. I've only got twenty percent of my health. Yeah, but you're not dead. I get you next. Dead. Jeez. Bring out Janet. <laughs> Bring out Janet. Can you come back in about a half hour? <laughs> so next up is the other one that's got a uh, a bow, and so he is going to take a shot at Doran. No, it's going to be like a seven. Not going to hit? Nope. All right, so his shot, again, goes wide. Next up is the two that are with their shields, and again, they're just going to stay planted in place and uh, protect these two archers. So next up is Joshua. Their shields only are only really protecting, like, from the front, right? Right, yes. If you want to be able to run over there, you're going to have to run close enough that I'm going to give this guy over here with the shield 
an opportunity to try and swipe at you with a sword, and you're going to have to save on that. I can do on every turn, which is what I wish I had done on the previous turn. I can do a cunning action, but it's only one of these actions. I can either dash, disengage, or hide. And I don't know if any of those... I can do a dash out of there after attacking them, if that's a feasible maneuver after I go in there and attack them and then dash out, or if I can only, like, disengage... I think I have to disengage first... Which, that would still leave me in there. And if that's the case, then I'm just going to use the dash to dash over there. Well, I think disengage, it moves you back a little bit. It puts you out of that range where they could just, like, immediately strike you. So that's what I'm going to do. So I'm not going to do the dash one. Instead, I'm going to use the disengage after I attack them. I'm going to run at the archer in the back closest to me. Okay. And attack him with my short swords and then... Do a disengage. Alright, so as you come running up then, can you do a, a saving throw for me mm-hmm. real quick? Any specific type or just a... Yeah, just throw me a d20. 16. He got the opportunity to make an attack against you, but he did not. He, he missed you. He, he kind of saw you as, you as you ran past and tried to sort of stab out with his sword. But you were able to sort of duck underneath, so now you are making an attack against the archer in the back. Nice. I basically just slid under him, then just, like, stood back up and was swinging at yeah. him. Cool. All right, I'm using both of my short swords. Fifteen. That is going to hit. Uh, four damage. And then the second short sword is seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. That one is not going to hit. Oh, well. You get a good smack with this first sword, and the skeleton looks like he's sort of starting to crumble apart a little bit. You know, he's got some bones mm-hmm. that are kind of cracked and look like they're kind of falling off of his frame, but he is still up. All right, and then Dorn's is Dorn within five feet of it, or, uh, or does the slab, slab kind of give a? Not really, because okay. they're kind of behind right. the slab. So I cannot use my uh, sneak attack. So I will just use my disengage. Okay. So next up is Dracaris. I do a strength check to grab the skeleton that is near me on the ground and kind of bowl him into the other four. <laughs> no. <laughs> you could, because you're still kind of uh, at least partially on the ground, so you do not have enough movement to stand up with this guy and also run over there with him. You could pick him up and throw him at them. That's what I was asking. Well, you said try to like bowl them over with him. Well, I thought you like, might throw him, throw him directly at the. Other oh yeah, board. you could throw him. You just can't like run over there and use him as a battering ram. No, I think you like a bowling like, ball crossing the distance. <laughs> I, I, I was thinking. Like, yeah, no, you could pick him up and throw him and for throw sure. Him. Yeah, sure. Uh, no, that's a critical fail. <laughs> oh wait, I have the advantage on strength checks while I'm in rage. Oh, that's not throwing him. Thirteen. Uh, yeah, that is gonna work. Alright. He is just a skeleton. He's super light. And I'm going to throw him into the other four. So what happens here is as you throw this skeleton, he's going to come flying at him. This guy over here on the side closest to you with the shield sees him coming and holds his shield up and is able to catch the force of the skeleton, but it still pushes him back into the archer behind him. So roll me a, uh, do a d4 plus strength. That's going to be an eight. So, I'm going to say they all take four points of damage. The the guy with the shield, he he was able to half the damage because he was able to save and catch the guy with his shield. So they all take half damage. However, they are all three now in a pile on the ground. And they're all now prone. Next up is Doran. Okay, so I what I want to do is I want to take a flying leap off this slab and attack the topmost one in the pile with my short sword and an unarmed strike. Okay. 21. 
That's going to hit. Ah, uh, that's seven piercing damage. And actually, you don't even need to throw your unarmed strike because that sword smashes enough, and that actually does completely obliterate him. And then um, I'm going to kind of dash away a little bit using my movement speed next, next to, to hit Dracarys. Okay, so you kill this guy and then kind of... Can you roll me a quick um, athletics check? Six. Because you took this flying leap off and landed kind of on top of them, when you go to get off of the rest of this pile of skeletons, you sort of tumble. So you're over by Dracarys now, but you are on one knee. So right. for your next action, uh, or for your next turn, you'll have to take half of your distance to get back up. So next up is the skeleton that was prone, the one with the bone arrow. So he is going to stand up and try to shoot at Doran. 19. Oh, okay, that hits. Eight points of damage, son. Shit, that puts me straight at zero. <laughs> All right, go save somebody else, guys. <laughs> Next up is Lilia. <laughs> I think I know what she's gonna. Are you gonna help me up? <laughs> she's too in love with Josh for me. She's yeah. Just yeah, the guy who tried to give her mouth Alilia to mouth. Is gonna run over to Doran and cast cure wounds. Cure wounds. Four. Your spellcasting modifier is one. Yeah. So you are back in the fight. Not, not a really wise player, to... are you? Hey, she misquotes Proverbs all hey, the that's time. That's true. Hey, hey, I'm trying so, here. Next up is the skeleton that's right next to Josh me. He is actually going to drop his bow and try to take a stab at Josh me with his short sword. 23. 23 versus AC? Yeah. You <laughs> betcha that's going to deal some damage. <laughs> Your boy ain't that good. Uh, three points. Okay. Damage. He puts you at what? Two? Six. Because he actually did good on me. He brought me up to nine. I sure hope this is our last battle, because otherwise we're going to be... Basically, fucked. he, like, so... He hit me with, like, an injection. <laughs> Sit around, like, can't cure wounds all day. We're going to take a short rest or something, so In guy, or a long, long rest, rest yeah. to gain some spells. <laughs> Hold on, guys. Nap time. <laughs> It's nice. So next up is the guy with the shield out closest to Josh and me. So what he's actually going to do is uh, roll a d20 uh, strength check. 17. And I actually rolled a crit 20. So what he's actually going to do is he's going to spin with his shield and is going to just bash you with his shield to knock you back. He's going to do two points of damage with that. So you are now actually prone on the ground. He knocked okay. you a couple feet so back. So then I can't on, do like and a, you're a on, acrobatics And you're on the ground. Shot. Well, do you want to try like I was going to try and make like a acrobatics or athletics, some sort of check to try and land on my feet when he knocks me back. I'll let you roll, roll an athletics check. Nine. Uh, no, you were still, you were going to be fully prone. Next up is the other skeleton. The other skeleton. He is actually going to disengage from this group and is going to make a run at Lelelia with his sword. When Lelelia sees uh, the skeleton running at her, could she switch to her mace and shield? Yeah, I think he's far enough away that you have time to grab your stuff. She has something other than a bow. Mm-hmm. I didn't know she had a shield. I didn't know she had a mace. Um, She's used it like twice. So Sixteen versus yep. AC. Really Once uh, today. So that ties because when I have my when I have my shield out, it brings my oh, armor up by two. So defender wins the tie. So he is actually going to run and he's going to cleave at you with his sword, but you are able to put your shield up and you deflect the attack. Next up, we have Josh. I'm going to use obviously half of my action to get up. Oh. 
I never recovered my throwing weapons. So you could attack them if you want. You're probably close enough now to yeah. the slab. You could climb up on the slab and go recover your stuff. Yeah, I'm going to climb up on the slab. Does he have to make an athletics check to get up there? Yeah, go ahead and just throw me a, a check. 14. Yeah, that's fine. You make it up there. Okay, so I go up there. Is he going to use all of my 12 feet movement to go over there and grab it? Yeah, it's going to take all of your movement to go okay, over so, there. Okay, so stuff. then how far the, is the group engaging with Jacaris? Well, that whole mess right one. there. There's yeah, only there. one attacker all right, over well, there right now. Okay, how far is he from me? That attacker? Yes. Probably about 15 feet or Good. so. It's less than 20. I'm planning on throwing both of my daggers. Okay. So <laughs> that's a critical fail. Alright, and then the second one. 15. Yeah, that one is going to hit. Four damage. And then, uh, Doran, I need you to roll a saving throw. You've got to be shitting me! Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Doran, you were also going to take four points of damage for that. And I'm down again! that wayward knife. <laughs> Would you stop throwing because daggers when people are here? <laughs> he did real bad. The skeleton is looking bad. He looks like he's about to... Alright, well, I will use that sneak attack on him. Five damage. Uh, with that last javelin hit, he is just going to blow apart. The javelin kind of goes right through him and just kind of blows his ribcage apart and he drops. Okay, and then to complete my turn, I'm going to use my bonus action, cunning action, and hide. Okay. Because you're up here on this pedestal, I think what you're going to do to hide is you are actually going to run over to the side of the pedestal and jump back down and hide next to it. So do you want to run to the side closest to your friend, or do you want to run to the side just around the corner from where everybody else is congregated? Or you could go to the back side of the pedestal. I'm going to jump to the opposite side that the skeletons are, so I'm going to drop behind there. So you're on the back side. Yep. I'm pretty sure the skeletons would not have noticed me drop back there. No, they they would not have seen you go back there. You are definitely... (laughs) But then Gilliard reapparates behind me and stabs me in the back with a sword. So I don't burn. Dracaris is up next. I am going to throw both of my hand axes at the one that was an archer. Okay. First one is going to be a 15. That one's going to hit. Nine points of damage. Okay. And the second one is (laughs) 18. That one also hits. Or six more points of damage. Okay. Yeah, you uh, you put your two hand axes through this guy, and they just go straight through him, clatter into the wall behind him, and he is blown apart. So, next up is Doran. Wait, I'm going to gonna take my movement and actually move to the far side behind Lilia by about another 10 feet. All right. <sighs> so you're just backing up a little bit. Trying to make myself as far out of range from the skeletons as possible. Okay. So, Doran, you are down, correct? Mm-hmm. So you're going to need to try and make a saving throw here. <laughs> Josh, me, if I ever get up, you are a dead dwarf. talk. Oh, that's right. I'm unconscious. Wait. You're unconscious. Saving throw. Okay, I won my first saving throw. All right, next up is going to be Lilia. So I'm actually just going to do my Spare the Dying cantrip on Doran. I really wish I was going to with this. Reason. Yeah, I don't think she's really got Because her... I have to wait hours, 1d4 hours before I yeah, get Yeah, but you won't point. die. Fine. He, he doesn't want to burn... You only have one more spell slot, right? Yeah. Doesn't want to burn his last spell slot right now. Uh, and then I guess that's my turn. I wait three hours so before I get a hit point back. Okay. So what you do is you shift oh, from wait. being unconscious to kind of meditating. Spare the dying. Touch mm-hmm. a living creature that has zero hit points. The creature becomes stable. Whatever stable means. Not dead. Not yeah. dead. Not and dead. I don't have not to use quite dying. 
They're stable. I'm unconscious. Okay. Schrodinger's cat. Alright. <laughs> I'm dreaming about killing dwarves True. right now. <laughs> and then that's my whole turn, right? Sure you don't yeah. want to use speak with plants. <laughs> I mean, I actually can use that. So... Next up is uh, the goblin that had dropped his bow and pulled his sword out. Or, yeah, not goblin. I wasn't going to correct him. I was going to wait for him to notice. <laughs> the, the GM rolls a critical knowledge fail. <laughs> anyway. Can you throw me a wisdom saving throw? I was just waiting for Bronson to make stop making obnoxious noises on the, the uh, I recording. Noticed. I figured if I stared at his keys for long enough, he'd get it. So, anyways, so the one who dropped his bow is going to turn with his sword, and he's going to rush towards Lulalia. You know who's not going to rush? Josh me. Nee, 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 can't see me. It's going to be a 20 against AC. Alright, that's going to hit. Six points of damage. I'm at one And next up is the other skeleton, and he is going to run towards Dracaris and try to attack him. Be a twenty-one. Fuck me. Uh, three points of damage. All right. Stay alive. Stay alive. That's not what she's doing. Staying alive. Stay alive. No thanks to you. All right. So next up is Joshua. Run away and hide. Running around the slab is that more than twenty-five feet to like go just around it and engage in the one by Lolalia. I think if you... Like, as a 20... I can move 25 feet. Right. Am I going to make it within enough range to engage him? I think if you go over the top of this, you can make it to him. If you run all the way around, I don't think you're going to make it. Okay, so i got to climb over it. Because all of my ranged weapons have been thrown, so I have to engage him. I have to get within five feet of him. Granted, the nice thing is I can also get my daggers and things, because one of them's in his body. Or Mm -hmm. was. <laughs> You're the right. worst adventuring partner ever. Do I have, right, so go ahead and do, I do a, an athletics uh, check to do an athletics check up. for me first, right. yeah. Eighteen. You're able to jump up here and you get a good running leap off the other end. I'm going to use both of my short swords to attack him. Okay. And possibly use a sneak attack if he's not dead. Wait no, I can't maybe I can. I don't know. I broke that. Eight. Not gonna hit. Alright, second one is nat 20 plus 5, 25. Yes, that will hit him. Alright, um, yep, I remember. 8. Okay, you have also dropped the skeleton. Nice. I would like to, afterwards, use hide. You actually jump and you do a sick roll, so it looks really cool, except then you're hiding behind Doran's prone body. <laughs> Just sort of hiding. I'm, back but I'm still. Him. Also, I grab my dagger out of his body while I'm by him, hiding. Thank yeah. God I'm unconscious. But hey, I'm still hidden from the skeleton. That's what matters. Do a dex for dex, me, real dexterity quick. Dexterity roll? Yeah. Nine. You're definitely able to pull this dagger out of Doran. However, but he's bleeding profusely. <laughs> just stabilized. However, Lelalia notices, and she is very disappointed in you. Please hit him with your mace. I love you. Uh, so, Drakaris, you are up. I'm gonna pull out my short sword and my scimitar. Okay. Both of those are single-hand weapons. I'm gonna swing both of those at the last skeleton, which is engaged with me. Alright, go ahead. So, 21. Battle hit. That is gonna be 10 points of damage. <laughs> Fuck yeah, that's gonna do it. With the first strike? It explodes in yeah, the Yeah, you don't even need that second strike. That fir- He still swings another 21. <laughs> that one's gonna do it as well. <laughs> 
for a good old uh, seven more points. So I think that okay. actually, as he kills it, the second sword hits the skeleton's skull, goes flying clean off, and it bounces off of Josh and me, just kind of very comically. Not any damage dealing, but it just kind of comically bounces off of his head as he hides behind a prone uh, adventurer. You have cleared the field of combat. All right, I would like to do two things. One, now that we're not busy fighting people, what's valuable in the room? Well, it's funny you ask that. From the stone slab, from your prone position, you notice that there is a faint sort of crack that is uh, right near the edge of the stone slab. And as you investigate further, you find that there is a latch that you can pop open. And underneath, you find some valuables. Nice. There is a pile of 100 gold pieces. And resting on the pile of gold pieces is a silver dagger. All right. I will take the silver dagger, and I will share the gold. Okay. I was going to say, has he learned his lesson? Before I grab any of that, though, I'm also going to do a perception check, because I'm not quite sure if uh, Gilliard is dead, or if this gold is, like, maybe okay. trapped. Go ahead and roll a perception check. 19. There are no traps that you can see. These okay. gold pieces look very old, and the dagger is kind of intricately carved. Nice. But um, there's no traps you can see. No traps. So the, yes. So you, you're, you like, taking this dagger. I'm taking the dagger and then sharing. Stowing that? Yes, and then you take, share the gold. Okay. And sharing the gold. So as you are all wandering around collecting your things and... I assume, hopefully, stabilizing Doran. It takes, it'll take me three hours to gain your hit point back. Well, but we're, I mean, we're out of combat. They can kind of help you at least, like, you know, wake up and get sure, up or whatever. How much experience- As you're doing all of this, all of the sudden, Josh Ami's bag that he has with him explodes. Literally, the fabric of the bag just rips apart, is blown everywhere. All of his gold pieces are bouncing around, all of his other things. I'm gonna grab a few of those as I uh, all of, you know, <laughs> Everything he's got in there is kind of rolling around. And at the center of this explosion, you see the silver dagger that he pulled out of this hidden area is embedded into the Ballad of Ornon. Oh my sticking god, straight through it. sweet. And as you, as you watch, the book starts to burn. You hear a hiss, and then a slow, steady chant begins, starting out very small and then filling the room as it becomes louder and louder and almost booming. As this smoke from the fire of the book starts to engulf and go upwards, it begins to manifest, and it swirls and spins, and as the last pages of the book burn away, standing there in front of you, holding an intricately carved silver dagger, is the Lich of Ornon. And as you watch in horror, he surveys, looking back and forth at the four of you, very slowly, and then, without a word, at inhuman speed, he blows past you, through the chamber, through the passageway, and out of sight. Hey, that's my dagger! You and your fucking valuables. Why must you mess with this dark magic? All dwarfs. Joshua's gonna recover all the rest of his... (laughs) Can Lelelia slap him? I won't even require a check for that. Lelelia just smacks him. (laughs) He takes that, and then he just continues gathering all the gold and things that dropped. Although, where am I going to store them? I don't have a bag. I, you're going to have to carry them, I here, guess. Here, Josh and me, I'll carry those for you. Josh and me, take this wolf skin and fashion a bag. 
You may have it, though it is still my prize. Do you have any gold to offer as I will, compensation? I will give you 20 pieces of gold and 10 pieces of silver. That sounds fair to me. Okay, do I still have all the stuff that was in my bag? Yes. Okay, so all my, like, thieves' tools and all that stuff. Yeah, all your stuff, your all, right. all your trinkets, all your right, urn so and everything, you still have all of those. Do I have anything, because, I mean, obviously I'm going to fashion it into a thing, but is there anything specific that I can do? The backpack is gone, though, because that's part of that's the part that was holding it. Yes, the backpack is gone. Okay, um, I don't know, did, did the Book of the Mind King survive? What do you mean, like the... The other book. The one that he... But yeah. That, that Skazik book. Yeah, that, that okay. you still have So the only things one. I lost were the backpack and the, the Ballad of Ornan. Yes. Okay, so I am... And the dagger. Use, is the string strong enough, do you think, to, like, fashion together to hold that wolf skin? Yeah, as sure. Okay, good. So I'm going to use that to hold it together, so, uh... Now I have a badass backpack, sir. Yeah. How um, much experience did we gain from that fight? You just get 125 XP from that. Cool. So 444. Can I collect any other short swords or other weapons off of the skeletons? Dracaris likes to carry two of the same thing if he's carrying his weapons, so two short swords instead of rather than a short sword and a scimitar. Yeah, I think if you if you scrounge around on these guys, you can probably find a short sword that would be similar to yours. What kind of bows were those skeletons using? Just normal short bows. Okay. You said they were just short bows? Yeah. Can I uh, grab one of the um, short bows? Sure, you can grab a short bow. You all uh, collect your stuff, and as you make your way out of the burial mound, you don't really see anything much else of note. It appears that the lich didn't really touch anything on the way out, so you kind of have a pretty easy trip back out, climb out the hole, and uh, as you emerge into the open air, you see that you have indeed been in there for several hours, and the sun is starting to set. The one thing that you notice is, as the sun is setting, the sky is normally kind of a reddish gold as the sun is setting. At this time, the entire sky where the sun is setting is an unnaturally deep blood red. As you sort of start down the path back towards Wolf's Hold, you are met by the clang of armor and the stomp of feet coming from the distance. And you see a host of about a hundred men that are not marching towards you, but a quick, almost a run towards you in full armor. Before you can even think about dealing with these guys, from behind, you hear a gruff voice say, Don't even think about running. And as you turn and look, out of the shadows, about 15 rangers have materialized, and they're standing behind you with bows and swords drawn. And they stand there, keeping their arrows trained on you as this host of men comes and sort of encircles you, putting you in a big ring of men, all with their weapons pointed at you. And as you look at them, you recognize the armor on the soldiers as being part of the Wolf's Guard, the army of Wolf's Hold. And from this group, a man steps forward who's wearing a full set of armor that is embellished with all of this golden armament. He has a big, on his chest a big wolf's head that is all done in solid gold. And he yells out to you, Adventurers, you are under arrest for raising a lich. 